Hey there, good evening everyone. So welcome to the book review session. And today's book is the very, very popular book, popular self-help book, popular business book, whatever you want to call it. It is how to win friends and influence people. I must tell you that I have read very few books in my lifetime prior to this year. And one of the books that I really read fully was how to win friends and influence people some 30 years ago. And uh, it stayed on for me uh, for quite some time. And the principles somehow uh, stuck on with me and I started following it uh, in my life. Uh, but when I revisited it for the sake of this review, uh, it was totally different with a totally different eyes. I could uh, look at it. And I must tell you that this book is a must read for each and everyone, whether they're in corporate job, whether they're in a sales role or not in a sales role, whether they're an entrepreneur, everyone needs to read this book. And uh, this is an eye opener for everyone. Okay. So let me just uh, share my live stream uh, with my, yeah, so that's it. So you can see the, uh, my mind map here. I'll just slide, uh, start the slide. So uh, this book written by Dale Carnegie was somewhere, I think 1937, okay, 1936, 37. It's a very, very old book. It's undergone multiple editions. And the best part is uh, this book was like a textbook, which Dale Carnegie utilized it for implementing it for his, uh, for his students and uh, giving them a lot of value in terms of practical inputs. Because one of the important things in life is whether your skills or your knowledge in your area of expertise, it might be the best. But unless you are able to handle human emotions, interactions, and are able to get along with people, it's a very, very difficult path for many, right? So this is the single most criteria for anyone to be successful, having understanding of human interactions of communication and being able to uh, relate to people and have the empathy towards them and you know be able to get along with them. And that's one of the important skills for a leader as well, right? So uh, Dale Carnegie has himself made a lot of changes to this book over the years. And after his passing on also, a lot of people have added a lot of value to this book. And this book is a practical book, uh, action-oriented book for each one of us to read, delve deep and implement it in our lives. Okay, so let's get started. So Dale Carnegie, he's an American writer and has developed courses in self-improvement, salesmanship, public speaking, and many other life skills. And his background is actually, he was born into poverty. He actually was in a farm in Missouri with his parents and his, he became massively successful writer and a teacher later on in life and later on in his life. So basically his early days were with struggle, a lot of struggle, you know, for even getting formal education, he had a lot of struggle. And then when he couldn't continue his education, he looked for a job. And then he, when he traveled also for the job, uh, he had to find various means to uh, make it happen. It was very, very difficult and tough journey for him. In fact, his books now uh, are all about how changing ourselves can help to change others, you know, and how to make an impact on other people's lives, how to make a difference to other people's lives through your skill of communication, your skill of empathy, of understanding people and helping them. Okay. So the famous professor William James of Harvard, he said, compared to what we ought to be, we are only half awake. Very interesting perspective, right? That means what he's trying to say is that humans have got huge potential and we are just living up to a small portion of that potential. 
just imagine what can happen if can if you can rise up to our full potential i think that's what is the endeavor of most of the uh, people that are living today in this day and age uh, because it's shifted from existential to something more meaningful for a lot of people okay so uh, so we are making use of only a small part of our physical and mental resources uh, we humans thus live far within our limits we possess powers of various sorts which will which we habitually fail to use okay and this book is about helping us discover develop and profit by those dormant and unused assets which are there in the physical realm as well as in the mental realm and in the spiritual realm as well so education as dr john hibben said the former president of princeton university he said is the ability to meet our life's expectations and situations okay it's education is the ability to meet life's situations and the expectation that we have from life so that is the actual definition of education right so now uh, if you want to gather honey don't kick over the beehives this is one of the very very prominent philosophies in this book that means if you want to get something done if you want to get something done from a situation or from a person there is no no point in being harsh on them and that's what is meant by this metaphor he says if you want to gather honey don't kick over the beehive and uh, uh, to give illustrate further about this he said why not begin with yourself uh, one of the underlying principle of this section of the book was that if you are trying to constantly look at flaws in others trying to improve others giving them inputs for them to improve and not focusing on yourself then it's actually a exercise in vain he says that why not begin with yourself from a purely selfish point of view standpoint he says that is a lot more profitable than trying to improve others and a lot less dangerous so uh see the author says that try and begin the charity at home you know try to improve yourself first forget about improving others first start with beginning to improve yourself and then no one will change if you criticize them in fact quite often when you criticize someone they will actively get worse he's given a lot of examples okay practical examples in fact he is given a beautiful example of one crowley who was captured and declared as one of the most dangerous criminals in the history of new york and the commissioner said he will kill at the drop of a feather in fact this person was so notorious even before his capture of just a few uh, hours prior to that or a few days prior to that he actually killed a cop in cold blood just a cold blood murder, murder. Uh, someone and uh, the cop uh, came to him for his license plate you know when he was driving the car and he just took out his gun and just you know uh, pumped him with bullets so he was so ruthless but look at this part okay when he died they found this letter which he had addressed to whomsoever it may concern and he has written under my coat is a very heart but a kind one one that would do nobody any harm so the reason why the author has given us this example is even a notorious criminal in his heart in his belief in his self belief or self image he thinks that he is a very noble person he just cannot get himself to think that he is someone notorious or a harm to the people or the public he thinks that he, he he thinks that he is absolutely noble and he means no harm and the author has given a lot of examples in this book where he talks about so many people 
who were actually according to the the perception and people's uh, perception because of the activities that they did was that they were very bad in terms of their society and the, the behavior in the society and all of that but their self belief was absolutely contrary to what people would perceive them as you know so what the author is trying to say is that even the most notorious person cannot get himself or herself to believe that they are bad so what is the point in criticizing someone because they will all try to preserve and you know defend themselves if you are trying to criticize them and the normal person will definitely not be accepting of the fact that they have been you know some fault is there in them or something like that right so there's no point in criticizing anyone that's what the author is saying and he has gives another example you know which is like you know how to utilize and uh, this knowledge in practical application okay so he gives the example of bob hoover he's a famous test he was a famous test pilot and he was a frequent performer at air shows and he was returning home flying back home in los angeles and he says at 300 feet in the air both his engines airplane engines stopped not car engine huh? airplane engine stopped by deft maneuvering he managed to just about land and so just imagine this gentleman would have been like really really upset right whoever's first act after emergency landing was to inspect the aeroplane's fuel fuel just as he had suspected the world war 2 propeller plane he had been flying had fuel had been fueled with jet fuel rather than gasoline so the the fuel that had need to go needed to go into that airplane was wrong was wrongly filled upon return upon returning to the airport he asked to see the mechanic who had serviced his aeroplane the young man was sick with the agony of his mistake in fact the person who was done who was done the servicing of that airplane before its take off he was like sick with agony oh my goodness now what's going to happen to me maybe like gone tears streamed on his face as who were approached he had just caused the loss of a very expensive plane and could have caused the loss of three lives as well So you can imagine Hoover's anger, right? One could anticipate the tongue lashing that this proud and precise pilot would unleash for that carelessness. But you know what Hoover did? But Hoover didn't scold the mechanic. He didn't even criticize him. Instead, he put his big arm around him and then said, "Show Anna to show you, I am sure that you will never do this again. I want you to service my F fifty one tomorrow." so he said i am sure you will never repeat this he didn't admonish him he didn't criticize him he didn't ask him any questions he said i'm sure you realize because the thought is very clear right i'm sure he is realized right so he says i am sure you will never do this again and i want you to service my f51 tomorrow so just look at the mindset of whoever and the what would have gone through this you know poor mechanics mind you know he would have been expecting the worst in his life and then this thing happened so i'm sure he will never make that mistake again right and such a such a nice way of handling it right by whoever so fundamental techniques in handling people is this give honest and sincere appreciation don't criticize condemn or complain arouse in the other person an eager want a want for them to excel in in their work or excel in whatever they they are doing you know let them feel that urge that they should be better they should not make the mistake they should be 
perfect or improving constantly. Let them get that urge from within. If you can arouse that urge, then that is something which is totally commendable quality that you have. In fact, the author has given in books multiple examples of people like Andrew Carnegie, who is actually the person who commissioned Napoleon Hill to write the <coughs> book, uh, Think and Grow Rich, right? So Andrew Carnegie was one of the uh, biggest uh, uh, industrialist of that era in in USA, and Andrew Carnegie, you know, is to uh, you know he's not quite he was not formally educated as such, you know, and this gentleman had this had this quality in him to arouse that people's inner that in, inner intrinsic thing in them to excel in whatever they're doing. He's to get out the best in people, it seems, right? So uh, a lot of things, a lot of principles have been borrowed from the successful people of those times. And the best part is this book acted as a practical means for Dale Carnegie to train people. So he used to encourage his students to understand the principle, implement it, share the experience of theirs in the classroom, and then he used to further improve his, you know, the, the thought process around and on these philosophies, you know, and it's, like, it's just like a practical book for you to massively take action and see for yourself how it works for you. I'm sure it will work wonders. Each of these principles are like pearls of wisdom. Okay. So uh, the big secret while dealing with people. Okay. And this is a secret. What he says is that this point is very important. Very, very, very important. I can't stress enough. He says human beings crave for these few things. Okay. Health and preservation of life, food, sleep, money and things money will buy life in the hereafter, sexual gratification, the well-being of our children and a feeling of importance. And he says among these eight points, by far the most important and the one that people really crave for, you know, in fact, uh, he's given a lot of quotes of people and he says that that person, one of the quotes that he's talked about, he talks about craving. He doesn't talk about desire, you know, or wanting. It's like craving. It's like craving is much more deeper than wanting or desire, right? Desiring. It's like crave. I want it. I want it. Craving, right? He says the craving of that feeling of importance that we need to have as human beings is the most important thing that is there in every human being. And that's what differentiates us from animals. In fact, I've written the next point. William, J say, uh, William James said that the deepest principle in human nature is the craving to be appreciated. That the craving to be feeling important. Okay. The desire for a feeling of importance is one of the chief distinguishing differences between mankind and animals. In fact, this desire for a feeling of importance that led an uneducated, poverty stricken grocery clerk to study some law books he found at the bottom of a barrel in a household plunder that he had bought for 50 cents. And you probably have heard of this grocery clerk. It is. Abraham Lincoln. So it's that desire in people that makes them achieve that desire, that feeling of importance, that feeling, that craving of wanting to be appreciated. Okay. Now we'll come uh, in the later part of this book. He comes to how that understanding of what is it that people are looking for can help us to communicate better and relate with people better so that they will be willing to do anything for us. And the framework of this book is such, he doesn't talk of the, all of these as techniques or something for you to, you know, get something out of people. 
it's purely from the very very altruistic point of view okay that you are doing certain things initially with the idea of doing getting something out of that as a result but eventually things those qualities and those uh, those uh, no, the way of dealing with people becomes second nature to you and it is no longer a facade it's actually you really feel for people you know when you feel for people and when you do it it, it doesn't feel like a facade it's not a facade at all it's something like from genuine from from inside right and people will relate to it you know and you know those days and even these days people are very smart if it's a facade they can very clearly make it out okay all these books all these learning from people like dale carnegie are just helping us to grow as a human being as a person okay and uh, and uh, when you look at it from that spirit that point of view and you can also feel the authors in a genuine interest to help us to get and grow you know get those ideas and grow so then he says that how you get your feeling of importance can tell you what you are <clears throat> he says that determines your character john d rockefeller the industrialist the famous industrialist got his feeling of importance by giving money to erect a modern hospital in china to care for millions of poor people dillinger on the other hand he is actually a notorious robber i believe got his feeling of importance by being a bandit a bank robber and a killer in fact he gives practical examples of how some of these uh, notorious uh, robbers bandits you know uh, they would barge into someone's house and say that you know they will not harm anyone but they'll they'll proudly announce that i am i am so and so i am dillinger i am the dillinger right you know so uh, so all of this it gives people the identity that that feeling of importance and that's why some people might go to the extreme of helping being valuable impactful in life and some people might go to the extreme of harming others okay so uh, another beautiful example a very very positive exa example that is given in the book is a teacher in detroit asked stevie morris to help her find a mouse mouse okay in the classroom lost in the classroom you see she appreciated the fact that nature had given stevie something no one else in the room had nature had given stevie a remarkable pair of ears to compensate for his blind eyes but this was really the first time stevie had been shown appreciation for those talented ears years later he says that his act of this act of appreciation by the teacher was the beginning of a new life from that time on he developed his gift for hearing and went on to become none other than stevie wonder one of the greatest pop singers and songwriters of the 70s just imagine one note of appreciation can just transform people's lives you know so it is so powerful you know just uh, look at the essence of the thing that uh, understanding human psychology understanding what is it that the people are looking for can help you to really deliver that to them and maybe transform their life you know change the trajectory of their life itself so beautiful so uh, and then he says that give honest and sincere appreciation and should not be a facade it should not be like a very very superficial thing and emerson said every man i meet is is my superior in some way everyone has got some quality in them which is superior to the best of people like emerson is saying this okay in that i learn of him he says that that quality i learn from him he says if that is true of emerson isn't it likely to be 1000 times more true for you and me this is what the author is asking us let's cease thinking of our accomplishments our 
pawns. Let's try to figure out what the other points, other person's good points are. Then forget flattery. Give honest, sincere appreciation. Be hearty in your approbation and lavish in your praise. And people will cherish your words and treasure them and repeat them over a lifetime. They will repeat them years after you have forgotten them and years after you have gone as well. Okay. So honest and sincere appreciation, he says, that's what we all want, isn't it? Being a human is hard. We all deserve some appreciation sometime. This simple tip is probably worth reading the entire book for. Okay, now I'll tell you this, which tip he says. He said, how much better would your relationship be if you looked for the best in people? How much further ahead would you be if you, instead of putting people down, you actively pulled people up? Very, very nice, very, very, very powerful thought, right? So how to win people to, way of, to your way of thinking? Some bullet points are captured here. The only way to get the best out of an argument is to avoid it. Don't have an argument. Show respect for the other person's opinion. Never say you're wrong. If you're wrong, admit it quickly and emphatically. Begin in a friendly way. Get the other person to say yes, yes immediately. So try to paraphrase your statements in such a way that they say yes, yes. Okay. Let the other person do a great deal of talking. Try not dominate the talking and ensure that you can give them a chance to talk. Let them talk because people love to talk about themselves, about their opinions and all of that, right? So let the other person feel that the idea is his or hers. Even if there are chances that you, you might feel that this idea is not that person's, it's yours. Give them the credit. There's nothing wrong. There's no harm in that. Just give them the credit. That's what Dale Carnegie says. Try honestly to see things from the other person's point of view. Be sympathetic with the other person's ideas and desires. Appeal to the nobler motives. Always appeal to the nobler motives of people because everyone has got a noble side to them. Appeal to that nobler, higher motives of them. And then he says, throw down a challenge. That is when you throw a challenge at people, they want to achieve that. Instead of throwing it like a hurdle, throw it like a challenge, which is going to be like something which they also want to achieve and they would feel you know, much more accomplished at having done that. Okay, so that's what uh, is the part of this book. And then he says, be a leader. How to change people without giving offense or arousing resentment. Okay, now let me just change the format so that uh, you get to see a little bit more of these slides. One minute, let me share it. Okay, okay, I'll come back to this. How to be a leader. Perfect. Let me shift it to this mode. How to be a leader. So uh, in this uh, part, what he says is that uh, people actually respond to praise and honest appreciation. You know, they do not want any criticism as such. If you start with praise and honest appreciation, immediately the antennas will be up. They will want to be more receptive to you. He says, call attention to people's mistakes indirectly. Don't be very blatant about the mistakes that you're pointing out. If you have to point it out, point it indirectly. Talk about your own mistakes before criticizing the other person. Ask questions instead of giving direct orders. Let the other person save face. Praise the slightest improvements be hearty in your appreciation and lavish in your praises. 
give the other person a fine reputation to live up to. That means, you know, like if you give them this kind of reputation where you say that I know that you are the best speaker in the world. I know that you are very, very honest and you are very, very stickler to being honest. You know, in fact, to the extent that even if it sounds very uh, bland or very, very uh, too blatant and honest, you are okay to do that because you do not want to air and make people feel that you are being dishonest. So you want to be like out of the way you want to go and make Make people make it known that you're honest, right? And you're really honest, right? So make it give them a reputation for which they will feel that I want to live up to that reputation. And he says to make the other person happy about doing the things that you suggest them to do. Okay, let them feel from within that I want to do this for this, and I want to do this. I enjoy this. Okay, let them get that feeling. So then, uh, some of the golden rules that has been shared here are this. Uh, he says that according to the scriptures and even according to a lot of popular cultures it says it is not new it's an old as old as history he says uh, Zoroaster taught to his followers in Persia 2500 years ago Confucius uh, in China preached uh, 24th centuries ago Buddha preached it on the banks of the Holy Ganges 500 years before Christ the sacred books of Hinduism taught it for thousands of years before that Jesus taught it and summed it up in one thought. He says, do unto others as you would have others do unto you. Okay. And this has been said by so many philosophers and gurus over the years, thousands of years. They've said this. Okay. And you want the approval of those with whom you come in contact. You want recognition of their true worth. You want a feeling that you are important in your little world. You don't want to listen to cheap insincere flattery okay you, you but what you really crave is sincere appreciation so no flattery there's no need of flattery just be honest and sincere appreciation in fact in the book he's given a beautiful example of someone uh, you know he's uh, he goes with his uh, spouse uh, with his wife to one of her her relatives place and uh, this old lady is got a beautiful house and uh, and the spouse actually uh, no, tells the husband, you be here. I just uh, catch up with some of my other relatives. So she goes off to meet some other relatives of her age group because this lady is quite old uh, and she's her relative. So the husband stays back. And uh, so what he does is he just looks around and he finds the house very, very beautiful. It's quite an old house and it's been tastefully decorated and been tastefully designed as well. So he talks about that, highlights that to the lady and the lady is so happy. He says, you have got a good taste even, right? Young man, you've got a good taste. And she leads him to the garage and she shows him her car. And she says, my husband gifted this to me just before dying. Okay. And she says, I have not used this car since. And she says, I would like to give this to you. I want to give this to you. So this guy, gentleman says, no, it's not fair on me to take it. In fact, you're not even related to me. I'm sure there are so many of your relatives who would want and love this to have this car. You gift it to them, please. I, 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 don't, I don't want to have this. He tried his best to wriggle out of the situation and not take the car. But she insisted. And then he felt that, yeah, it will be too harsh on her if he says no and he declines it. So he had to accept it. So the old lady was actually looking for that small appreciation, which made a difference to her. And this gentleman did with all sincerity with all sincerity, with all true and a truism. It was, it, it was nothing, nothing. There's no facade in that. She really felt that way. And he 
openly uh, share that with her right so let's obey the golden rule and give unto others that which we would like to have and uh, have others give unto us how when where the answer is all the time everywhere beautiful isn't it and uh, so then he says that it comes on to the following when ana what they taught us so how can we go about living this rule to the fullest start with asking yourself how you would like to be treated what kind of respect would you like to be shown how would you like to be spoken to what would you like to be what would you like to feel valued in okay so when you look at all these aspects you'll be able to accordingly frame your behavior with others in such a way that you can get the best out of them you'll be able to appreciate the honest things the things that are really commendable in those other people now uh so six ways to make people like you first one become genuinely interested in other people second one smile because he's he's talked a lot on smile he says smile genuinely from your heart and people will reciprocate it very very well remember that a person's name is that person's sweetest and the most important sound in any language take their names when you're talking to them conversing with them take their names often they'll feel good about it be a good listener encourage others to talk about themselves talk in terms of other person's interest okay um, uh, he's given another example beautiful of uh, of an industrialist uh, i think it was uh, uh, the hp founder okay he says that this gentleman uh, hp founder wanted to uh, set up a theater or something uh, for the public and uh, this gentleman was selling these seats you know wanted to uh, propose that uh, the uh, the chairman of the company buy the uh, the uh, theater seats from him and uh, the person who took him there the architect he said that uh, you know it uh, this uh, uh, the gentleman he is very very senior and he will not give you more than a few seconds to talk so please be very very to the point concise and make your point and we can step out fast okay he will not give you long time so when the gentleman went in he noticed that the office was beautiful and he also had seen that the furniture and the woodwork had been done very tastefully so he complimented the chairman about the woodwork and the quality of the wood chosen because he this person also had a very good understanding of the of the woodwork of the wood quality of wood and all that so the chairman immediately liked it he said in fact this wood has been personally chosen by one of my very close friends who is a very dear friend and he is an authority on choice of wood the kinds of wood the quality of wood and i have personally supervised all these carvings and all these setup in the office the furniture and the stuff in the office and i i love it in fact it reminds me that i do not give enough attention to it these days because i'm caught up in my day to day work and i fail to admire it now that i brought it up yeah it's really good and i'm really proud of it and then he end up spending one and a half hours with this gentleman and invited him to his home as well he says my home is upstairs i would like you to have a lunch with me and sure enough he got the order right so that's secondary so when you are genuinely interested in people when you genuinely complimenting people and you are trying to be a good listener and trying to look at from the other person's perspective it makes a huge difference to your life and their lives as well okay so make the other person feel important and do it sincerely uh, i think this book is one of the amazing books 
which uh, everyone has to read and uh, you know uh, this is a book which will make a difference to a lot of people's lives irrespective of your background like i said and uh, for me when i am revisiting this book after i think i think close to 30 years now okay close to 30 years it's like uh, <clears throat> it's a huge eye opener and i recommend it to all my team members as well and i've i actually sent a, a few sms messages before uh, i went live this book is a must read for everyone in fact make your children read uh, let them also read and this book uh, is a must read you know once you have your human interactions taken care of just imagine what kind of space we'll be living in na? the world will be a much much more pleasant place where we um, understand each other's mindset we look at uh, what is it that makes people tick uh, what is it that people really crave for and if you can give that to them you and them and the society at large is in a much better space so with that i would like to end end this review there are a lot of uh, important and interesting tidbits beyond this as well i would encourage you to read this book and uh, go for it and encourage all your family members your relatives friends and your associates to read this book all the very best to you god bless take care hi welcome to my new live series where i am going to be reviewing some of the must read books self education is known to make us a fortune right right okay you are the average of five people that you hang out with right absolutely right let me be very frank with you my self image with regards to my reading abilities until the beginning of 2021 was nothing much to feel proud of but something changed in me during january 2021 two people influenced me hugely to take to reading from an average of one book a year i have been able to do justice to an average of two to three books per month pretty good right i figured that self education in the formats of reading great books and being coached by some of the great mentors are two of the fastest ways and best ways to grow exponentially reading and being open to being coached also helps us with the law of five people averages you get access and time to some of the best and greatest thought leaders of this generation i am satish rao i am an abundance crusader vlogger online and network marketer i am doing this live book review session to share my insights from some of these amazing books that are relevant to each and every one among us who is committed and passionate about creating abundance in all areas of our lives see you all soon